Oh, hi, podcast listeners of the um, Sloss and Humphreys. Humphreys? I don't give a fuck. Uh, Sloss and Humphreys on the road podcast. My name is John Hastings. I will be your guest on this week's Patreon special. Very good guest. Uh, very good show. Much better than Adam Rose, who is a smelly butt boy. So uh, don't listen to that smelly butt boys podcast. Listen to this hot penis boys podcast. Penis boy. Sloss and Humphreys on the road. Muggins and cream, cream and muggins. Straight thugging, living the dream. And that's our intro. Fucking muggles. Tickling the clit inside your head that makes you laugh. <laughs> they said it can't be done. Are we in the same seats? That's hack. Ah, oh, muggles. Accidental rib job in the park. Kiss, kiss, kiss. Or am I just being cynical? Just muggled it up on fucking Mugglepedia. Where have you been since 9-11? That was going to be a good intro, that, John. Go go with that voice again. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Creams and Shitface. It's uh, the Road Time Podcast <laughs> with like Kai and Danny. Uh, today, the, today, your two favorite road warriors are going to talk about petrol stations and Scandinavian AIDS. <laughs> now let's head to the weird shed on one of their property, because one of them can afford property, and the other one opens for that one. It's Daniel and Kai! <laughs> I like I like creams and shit face. If we can rename if we can rename the if podcast. You're like creams oh shit face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good, I got off lightly with creams. You pluralized me and then Craig uh, Hill pointed out that Cara yesterday at my show was wearing uh team cream uh, hoodie, which is obviously my name on the podcast, and he was and she was holding my baby, and he was like, "You might as well just wear a shirt that says Spunk Mother." Exactly. <laughs> she was literally like, "There's one way to. Fr- this is the worst way to describe a baby. Hey, you're holding that big version of cum. <laughs> <laughs> hey, can someone give some milk to this big version <laughs> of cum? You, you know, when a tadpole's grown legs and it's not quite a frog yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what a baby is to sperm. <laughs> We were going through the old, uh, like, uh, when I say the old pictures of Caelan, I mean, like, the old scans. He's six months old. Like, it's... it's it w- Oh, yeah, but but you've got to understand... You still have things in your fridge from when that photo was taken. <laughs> These are not ancient... Yeah, but it's it's my perception of Caelan growing. It's like, he's, he's no longer a newborn, but he's now a baby. And, like, I'll occasionally go... Oh, you know, I miss the newborn stage because at the newborn stage they nap for five hours and you can just go play FIFA and like clean the house and then he wakes up, gets fed, and then sleeps for another four hours. Whereas now he's got the concept of boredom, which is like, how, do, how the fuck do you entertain a, a six month old? What do you have to be bored by? You know, you've not even seen. Yeah, he doesn't even understand time, you fuck. Yeah, no. but t- what t- you- time is so long to a child because like a day in our lives is like a small, minuscule fraction of our lives. To him, it's still quite a large chunk of his life yes. is that one day. Like if you're four, like if like someone's like, let's wait for an hour, that is a sizable <laughs> portion of your fucking life. Like, yeah. Well, waiting for nothing. Do you think that is, is is that why, you know, the older you get, the faster life goes just because you're like, well, you know, in two years, I'll be 33 as opposed to, you know, back when I was seven in two years, I'd be nine, which is a third of my it's age. Te- it's terrifying, but it's Quite. true. It accelerates because it's proportional to your lifetime. I, it is, but I also think that right now we're at a weird place to gauge because the last two years have been so fucking eventful. Like, it's that thing of like, what happened? Name something that happened in 2009. Like, stuff did, but we were like, I don't know. I was on Facebook. It was fun. Yeah, I, in fact, I yeah, think I did they, create my Facebook account in 2009 because I was backstage at the stand. Mm-hmm. And the only way to get, get, get gigs was... Do you have Facebook? And you're like, oh, no. What, the, what is this I'm going to take a punt on what happened in 2009 based on what was topical in comedy when oh, I was in Open Mega. I think Jade Goody died. 
Oh, oh I yeah. bet you you're right. I don't know who Jade Goody is because uh, I only started engaging in British culture about a year and a half after I moved here. So she was like, so uh, you just pretend to laugh at a bunch of jokes. I know, like way. I knew who. Like I, by the time I got around, she, she's the one who got cancer, who didn't like gay people on Big Brother or something. Well, it was one of those times when before we knew that the media basically just villainized the working yeah, class, just crucified the working class and chavs because it sold papers, and you know it's much easier to blame the state of society on the lowest as opposed to the rich that were hoarding all the money. Yeah, and it was a lot of working class people that were shitting on her too, but like, you're like, you do be yeah, like, she's just one of us, right? Yeah, you know, but that's you know, she's been let down by the education system that right. let us down also. Right now as an outsider to this land, the idea that there is a point where everyone goes, well, this, the, the media started picking up, the British Empire is built off of ignoring the work of the British. Like the Industrial Empire, according to the higher ups of the Victorian age, was a guy named Edward who just went build a factory. No one died. Nothing else happened. Like, like I, yeah. it's such a British move of like. Yeah, you know, it's when they really started picking on these. They've always done that. You've yeah. always been doing it. Uh, no. Heads used to roll though. Now, <laughs> now, now it's just newspapers. Yeah. Yeah. It's, oh yeah. These things. Could you? I think if you speak into the top of the microphone. Oh, it's thank you. Is that better? Yes. Oh, great. Thank you. There we go. We can edit that all out. We won't, but we could. <laughs> yeah, it's an not... option that's available just to let people know it could be it's more It's almost as hard of, as doing something as saying you could do something. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, that's always the uh, promise to yourself is like, you know, I'll do this tomorrow. My perception of myself tomorrow is so fucking optimistic. Oh, I, uh, so I had to do, I had a really bad year. So I, uh, I had some nice old therapy. Uh -huh. And one of the big things I took away from that, it was a, I live in California, so it was, of course, a California therapist, a nice, a nice gentleman who grew up in the Jewish faith and is now definitely a Buddhist. And he, uh, <laughs> the uh, old he religion tourist, exactly correct. He just he doesn't want defined rules, but he wants a place to go sit and talk to a bald man. And um, <laughs> just go to Collins. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's got to be wisdom, and I don't think there's any. Mate, I think Ryan Cullen, if he gets a nice wispy beard, he could really come across, like, he could really impress some 18 year olds with his wisdom. Uh, <laughs> always buy the train tickets before you get to the station. Wow. Anyway, what he always said about making those promises, he goes, instead of making a promise to do it tomorrow, just take the smallest amount of action on that topic in the moment you think of it. Yeah. And mm. it is a life changing piece of wow. advice. Because instead of you're being like, tomorrow I'm going to write a novel, it's like, what are you actually worried about? It's like, oh, I, I don't think that this person is doing this one thing in my Go so just that, email that person. This, That's yeah. the actual problem. So you don't this, want to write a fucking novel. This podcast is just going to be us breaking away and deleting photos from my phone to free up some memory. Everyone's <laughs> 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 just watching. We're just taking a small action on a thing that's been bothering me for a while. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. That, that Kai we, just te uh, texts his wife. We need to talk. <laughs> <laughs> but it's about just what they're going to have for dinner tonight. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. just need to talk more. We need are to communicate. <laughs> I shouldn't have framed it like that. It looks ominous. Are you, what therapy are you doing? Are you doing like CBT therapy? Oh, mate, which is when they're like, where they're like, we'll unpick like how your brain talks to itself, which is the stuff I've been doing, which is okay. But the one I, I really want to do is the... So what was your childhood like? So it, mine was sort of before all of that. Mine was like... Holy shit! Like I met my therapist two days after my divorce. Yeah. So uh, it was there wasn't CB. There wasn't like we need to address. It was like, it wasn't like oh there's flood damage. It was like the dam is burst. We're not here to fix. <laughs> yeah. We're here to help. So yeah. it was like they send you the send life therapy A and E. Yeah, yeah. You went yeah. to the GP and they were like, no, get him in an ambulance. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was at the emergency room, so it was a lot of. It wasn't like. Your brain talking about this, it was purely like, hey, you need to understand 
what is real and what is you dealing with a loss. And then it went on with a bunch of other super tragic stuff continued to happen for about two years. Yeah. So it was basically, we didn't get to any of that. It was more like, here's how you deal with trauma. Here, good, you're actually like solving and confronting it because I was working with a therapist as it was happening. So I couldn't be like, well, I'm just not going to address that. I'll just go jack off or whatever. He'd be like, well, what happened with that person that died? And it's like, fair point. Let's, and so mm-hmm. it didn't have any sort of those things. Then he changed practice eye and was going more deep into Eastern mysticism. And I was like, I'm, I'm done. Oh, no. It's California, guys. You just got to lean into it. Like yeah. in the way that Scotland, everyone here is more left wing than you're ever going to imagine. Like you'd see a guy and you're like, this guy's got to be a Tory. And he's very into intersectionalism. <laughs> California is like that with like, mumbo jumbo bullshit like yeah, crystals exactly yeah. like you were talking to a high level attorney and he's like oh shit i gotta run i gotta get my reiki is in about 20 minutes <laughs> yeah, and you're yeah, like ah yeah. oh, for fuck's sake yeah, yeah. Man. and then i've got to go to church yeah <laughs> <laughs> When your dog's just like, I'm sorry, I can't perform this open heart surgery right now because my dog has acupuncture and she gets anxiety when I'm not there. You're like, do not cut me open, you fucking moron. Yeah, it's I, but it's why I love L.A. is that the whole city works exactly the way it would work if a city of five million people had four million people in it that believed that their dog had the spirit of Amelia Earhart. You know what I mean? <laughs> man, people drive pretty entitled. Yeah, man, they are carrying what they think is Tutankhamun <laughs> as a cat. Uh, the the whole the homeless problem was too much for me last time I was in LA, man. It yeah, was man. like, okay. it was like LA first has... of all, you saw a guy get a Molotov cocktail thrown yes. at him. Has yeah. that been covered on this? I don't know. It's been it's yeah, been touched we, we, on. Yeah. We need to discuss this in detail because you were in LA. It was so underwhelming for a man throwing a Molotov cocktail. Of course, it just rolled it, to it, his feet. It was one of them things that just in real life. I mean, I guess a Molotov cocktail is meant to be used for. It's not a melee weapon. It's to go through a window. It's a melee weapon if you're Scottish. What? what <laughs> like is that? Are you saying melee? Like me- I melee 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 melee. There we fucking go. What? Oh no, because I've only this is another one of them words like cacophony, <laughs> <laughs> like vehement that I've only read. Oh, cacophony. Yeah. yeah. No, it's crazy. I agree with your original pronunciation. Say the cacophony. Yeah, that's what it should be. It does look like cacophony. Epitome. <laughs> I mean, I live in America. Americans Hyper- just pronounce it epitome. Hyperbole. Uh, yep, America. <laughs> How do you think uh, Americans say foyer? Foyer. Foyer. Oh, Go fuck yourself. Oh. oh, it's a glorious country. Truly free. Foyer. Kai, you could be the president based on just your fact of how quick you are of wit and how you don't mind mispronouncing words. You could be president. Yeah. That's not a compliment to <laughs> <laughs> you. Do know how much better <laughs> off the world would be if Kai Humphreys was in charge? Just rep- no, hey, Cruz, you're yeah. being a cunt. Yeah, yeah, man, sweep up that glass off your Molotov cocktail. You've made a mess. <laughs> yeah. I think even if Kai were to sit in the White House and look at all the pictures of like the previous presidents, you look at the past four and you're like, I am not in mostly esteemed company here. Yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, also it's like, not out of place. It's, <laughs> it's like, and I don't mean this to be an insult, but it will be. But it's like, you know, when you check the, the, the stand listings occasionally. <laughs> <laughs> And I mean, you're like, oh, this isn't the best of the best. Uh, oh. When you get a, a four star from uh, one four review, and then yeah. you see who else got a four star. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, eh. uh, 
I gotta say, I have enjoyed this fridge for no other reason that there's been no broadsheets, so one for review has become like a esteemed reviewer. And there's a part of me that's like, good on you, you little yeah. blog that yes. you can't even fucking Google for the, at this yeah. point, but someone finds it and put those stores on everyone's poster. So uh, good. For, Jeff got a break. Yeah. And he read his reviews, he just tells you what, what happened in the show. Yeah. <laughs> and and how much he enjoyed Wait, it. is one for review just that one guy? It's Jeff. Jeff. <laughs> it's just Jeff? Yeah, it's just Jeff. Why is it called just? I would rather have four. By the way, four and a half stars suck my yeah. dick. Four and a half stars from uh, why, justjeff.com. Uh, why don't they just say nine out of ten? It yeah. sounds way better. They'll give you nine out of ten. That's what four and a half stars is. And you always win. Yeah, but I'm not. We're not. We're not opening this up to a score of ten. The, the f- five is fine. If it gets, give, I'll give it a percentage. Under, do you understand? People would be getting. I give it a seven point four nine five out of ten. Fuck yeah. yourself. You're like you're not rotten tomatoes, and that's yeah. not how we're doing this. We've got the star system, so that's there. Jeff has done it for years and years and years. Like he did my first review when I was seventeen. Where and I swear not, he reviewed Red Raw. Like, as in the beginner's night at the stand. Yeah, like that's that's, So we just... So he, he started as an open maker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now he's doing shows but at the fringe. he comes in with the right attitude. Like, Jeff is someone that loves comedy. and is like, I love comedy so much that I watch so much in it that I think I'm in a good place to compare others and tell you what's good about... Uh, this particular set and why it's good, which I think is fair, as opposed to other reviewers where it's just like, hey, you're not good enough to be a real journalist because we read your past couple of articles and they were stinky poo-poo, Mr. Brian Logan. So is there I any I just would like to say, as a uh, comedian who may or may not have some of these reviewers coming to his show soon, I do not stand by the views of Daniel Sloss. And I think you well, guys this are, podcast goes out after the festival. I don't. I do not stand by no, the sentence them. I just said. Daniel Sloss <laughs> is 100% correct. Brian Logan, I'm not allowed to tell you to do anything to harm yourself online because that considers bullying but all I will say is listen to your internal monologue more <laughs> I, I don't actually, some of those intrusive voices might be true are you ready for this? Are you ready for this? I've actually switched sides on it because I feel that we've gotten review bully hack as comedians so I'm now switching back and going let's everyone Clean slate post-COVID, prove yourselves. That's what I say. That's how I'm approaching it. And uh, I got to tell you. These it, are people too. They came no, to no, the no, no. I didn't say they were people. I'm saying that they have they have a clean slate with me coming into co- uh, past. from. Co- I've had fair birds land on me now, boys. I'm, I'm calm. And also I've learned not to say my views into microphones. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Man's got a butter for a therapist. <laughs> I've um, certainly learned in like the past three months of pod- podcasts going back and listening to them I'm just going Daniel you should probably be less honest on these I know you don't think you're burning bridges but having listened to a bunch of episodes you've been bridges that are like far behind you though (laughs) it's not like you've just crossed a bridge and burnt it no yeah but I make sure that I'm still like anyone that fucked me over uh, 10-15 years ago I still hold their names I've got literally I've got a list on my phone oh I used to be like this too and I gotta tell you fucking uh, dearly departed uh, and gooden boy Paul Byrne was like, so you're letting all these cunts just live rent-free in your head? And it was like, it was, by the way, when you're getting scolded uh, by a man who's just told you about his bleeding asshole, I, but and he, he is in the affirmative, you're like, I've been But he, he does it in the same way Fritz let his daughters live rent-free in the basement. Like, it's not good for them. It's not good for them. <laughs> yeah, that is true, actually. Yeah, it does seem like you're, like, in the middle of their sleep, you're just turning all the lights on. Time to get up! <laughs> Oh man, I think it's I think it's healthy to have like a little bit of 
hate in your head that is fuel for the rest of your career. Because I do agree with the sentiment that the best form of re revenge is success. But nothing will drive you to success more than if you're like, if I can just get so far above this person that by spitting on them, it doesn't even reach them. That's the that's that's the epitome of success. But what's epitome. the epitome? Uh, yeah, but, uh, yeah, you're definitely in the foyer of uh, of the next level. What I do think though is uh, sometimes, and this is especially true in stand up comedy, is people forget to keep that anger hot and spicy, and they let it cool, yeah. and then it becomes a soup of bitterness on there. And you can just spot a mold on it. Oh my god! Yeah, yeah like yeah, you yeah, just that needed to go in the freezer, dude. Uh, <laughs> you yeah, just let that. You've left <laughs> You've left that out. Yeah. It's hey, gone you, off. You've left your hate on the fucking yeah. kitchen table. It's yeah. now, it's everywhere. Yeah, it's getting salmonella, this bug's going on it. I am yeah. definitely. You're going to get ant. It's, but it's a thing I really noticed moving. So I used to live in England and then I moved to America. Uh, and the biggest thing I've noticed, one of the big things I noticed is because there's way less money in stand up. Stand-ups are happier because they're trying more things because they figure out quickly, oh, you're, what are you going to fucking do? Yeah. Oh, I can't come back to this laundromat with six people? Yeah. Great. I'll Fuck you. I'm doing new sh weird shit. Well, in the UK, it's changing now, but there was such a fucking ring of steel on that circuit that once you got on it, you need to fucking stay. And so many guys. Get your five. Get your ten. ten get, get your, your 20. twenty. Boom. Lock it in. Twenty years. Yeah, and just <laughs> fucking do it. And the problem is, is that like they couldn't sort of see like, well, how did this person who didn't do like super well with me on this gig that I was told was really important? How are they on ITV Seven doing Piss Boys, the panel show? Yeah. Um, <laughs> and it's I'll because watch that. I mean, it was so. I mean, I want to pitch the panel shows that live in my head. Piss Boys yeah. is different Rent celebrities. It's got they, panel they, I've replaced all my images with free in your with, head. It's just it's different celebrities piss, and comedians have to sip it. And, John Barrymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> I can taste the chlorine. It's a British reference. He drowned in a pool, You right? mean Michael Barrymore. Michael, who's John Barrymore? I think you're getting confused with uh, John. Who's no, John Barrymore is whoever Robert De Niro looks like in the pink robe in Casino, which I fell asleep watching last night. By the way, do not fall asleep watching Casino. You should just wake up to Sharon Stone and Joe Pesci fucking. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and not... you're like, am I having a fever dream? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My favorite dream, finally, for real, here on television. <laughs> I uh, manifested it. It's here. Yeah. Mm, oh yeah. Just they're so sweaty, and she's so much taller. Uh, um, but that. But that being said, I think that people get do not necessarily have your approach to anger, where it sort of is a fire, but it's more kind of this thing that they kind of hold like a cold cup of tea. <laughs> yeah, you're like, you don't want that anymore. No, 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 no. I need it to remind me of what I was before. Like the the stand is not like the stand institution is not this. I've encountered a lot of these people because the stand is very magnanimous and keeps working them. And some of the people like literally like, let me fucking tell you, he's a fucking cunt. And then they mentioned like a London open spot. And it's like, why? And he's like, he came here and just talked about living in London. And it's like. Yeah. They're allowed to talk about where they're from, you psycho. Yeah, <laughs> there are like uh, there are comedians. We talk about this. We'll not name any of them, but there was a fun game. Can we name them and then Matthew just bleeps them out? Oh no, oh. put in Elliot Steele. We have put Elliot Steele's name in. So all hold on, just for the edit, Elliot Steele. Let's all get an Elliot Steele in. Elliot Steele. Elliot Steele. 
Um, I we, we used to play a game which was if you could <laughs> just treat uh, comedy like a, a office job where you're coming in and you've been brought into comedy and you've just corporate said from the top you've got to get people out of the business like there's too we've got too much staff and you're going to have to lay off some people who've been in the industry for a while but realistically uh, there's not much of a future there uh, Elliot Steele there your desk <laughs> Elliot Steele. Thanks for your service, oh, yeah. but it's time to go. Oh my God, who's the, there were like a collection of those, like they were all just fat junglers guys. This is gonna get I, edited out. Elliot Steele. One of the class. Did you guys ever work with that guy? Yeah. yeah. Oh my God, he. This is. You'll not get the name, but people who will know the story will know. Is he once turned to someone and said, "Oh, I can never take my kids to the beach because every time I did, I would just think about swimming out really far and then swimming away from my family and never coming back." And that is one of the most murder suicide ramp up sentences i've ever heard in my entire fucking life uh, it's i can't go to the beach because it's like, too easy to run away from my family also also that wasn't the honesty we were talking about that you did in your set yeah like when we when we were like dig deep down into your heart you didn't hit oil you yeah. hit magma and it's it's it's, and it's you know this guy had to he always had to check a bag because of his one prop for his act and instead of just writing another 30 second bit he'd check a bag oh god man i, I know a comedian who um his gig got cancelled right and he just looked at his wife and his family and he didn't mention the gig got cancelled then he went to the car park and read a book and he spent seven hours out of the house reading a book I in know fucking who, aldi car park it was elliot Oh my god, that story haunts my fucking dreams. Well, I, I, I've mentioned. never. If I am looking at my wife and me, I'd rather sit in an out, al- not a waitrose car park. Go fucking somewhere nice. Get the good sparkling water, you cunt. <laughs> I, uh, I, I believe that uh, he's moved on now and he's very happy. <laughs> yeah, you'd fucking hope so. I, I've, I've, been, I've, I've definitely said it on the podcast before, but I'll never understand uh, comedians who are with partners that don't come and see them live and sort of don't, you don't have to embrace and live for the comedy life, but like, you know so there were jungle acts for years who were like, my wife's not seen me in 15 years, and you're like, well one you haven't changed your set in that long, so that's why. Yeah, they're also always so sweaty and weird, like they're always like yeah, my wife doesn't come and then you smell them and you're like mate, you smell like like piss mm-hmm. yeah. shit. Like you, oh, like the, the piss of shit. Well, there is also the... Where's fact- Elliot Steele? Yeah, because he, he was very funny. Canadian guy, isn't he? Oh, that guy with all the lighters. I never met him, so... And he would, like, juggle bowling balls over someone on the ground. So there's and these that. He interesting was, like, waves of Canadians. But he stunk. This is the thing. More ways than one, he, so he whatever. Got, he got someone up to do, like, the hands through the jacket, like, where he was being the hands and, like, doing stuff, and they were just meant to be there, like as a participant and the girl started crying because he stunk oh that's very funny though yeah Um, he's an interesting one in that so there are waves of Canadians I still feel like you're not going to edit out all of his names and we're going to get in such trouble you know what it is I mean he's going to edit out the names but we've put enough stuff about them that they're going to go oh that's me what it is is I don't care about if like the person because no personal if you don't have the name no person's going to be like I know that was me because then it's like no, it wasn't. Prove it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but so that guy is a Canadian. There are enough Canadians. You'll never know. This, in that there is a like, there's waves of them, and that it'll go like, like it all starts with Phil Nickel, as everything yep. does. Phil Nickel yeah. is the first one. And his his wave would have been like Tom Stead, 
Glenn Wool, Mike Wilmot. Like after him, but like Phil, Phil came over with Corky and the Juice Pigs, and yeah. then like he brought over Wilmot, and then like they heard it was good, and then it was like stayed. Collins, Craig Campbell, Craig Campbell, some gentleman who believed the earth is flat or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, and then sort of then that like held through and then you get like the Wolves, the Johansons. Oh, so did, did Glenn come after? Yeah, like Glenn, right, like they it. all like it's, they're like a next generation. Right, right. And then, and so, then there would have been like you and Bobby Mayer. So Bobby Mayer and Dana were like the year, like the two years preceding me. Uh-huh. My and, hog? And then, and then Meyerhog was six months before me. Uh, me, a guy named Nick Beaton, Brian O'Gorman. There were like 15 Canadians when I first moved over. And I remember clubs got so frustrated. They'd be like, we can't have, we have too many Canadians on our books. Call us in two years, which was such a weird, like, yeah. what? All right. Can, can I just can I just put on an American accent? Yeah, like, because I know most of you don't know the difference. Yeah, I'm also like, I'm not from that part of Canada. Like, I'm literally from a the distance between Canada and the UK from that part of Canada, but yeah. whatever, it's just weirdness. But yeah, that's the weird thing. And then that guy was kind of in the, like, you get them the scrubs. That's a word. But like the guys that are like kind of fucking sketchy hear about England and they're like, well, that's not here. So let's go. Like, so you get your Elliot Steele example of that, of he's over here because he burnt every bridge in Canada. And he was like, ah, New bridges. Yeah, it's 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 like <laughs> set them in fire in front of them. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, and I will say, apart from Louis Zezarin in uh, in Estonia, who's a really really great booker and promoter and guy, it's the same thing. Whenever you hear an Australian comedian in any country that's not the UK Aye. or like over in Japan or over, something yeah over in Japan like, over I, in Asia or Europe if there's an Australian there you're like oh, oh you no, did no. you did crimes back home yeah, you're, here's, here's the one that always scares me an American in mainland Europe yeah. fucking run oh I do comedy in uh, Lithuania mm, and you probably did sex crimes in Louisiana <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Like uh, there's always a mistrust for yeah. a mistrust for complete displacement. Yeah, because it's like complete, complete and utter displacement. Like you have went, all right, done fucked up, do over. Yeah. <laughs> like Australians, other places is also it's always like it's never I would always say it's usually a misdemeanor. You know what I mean? It's identity theft. Yeah. Like something where you're like, Yeah, you're a fucking cunt. Manslaughter. Manslaughter. American because that's an American in show business that's not, that could just be an American show business. Yeah, because that which is, forgives everything. Like, all oh, right, so you drunkenly killed a bunch of kids while you were driving oh around. My that's God. okay. Fine. You don't get to do movies anymore, but here's a talk show. What is so <laughs> fascinating about America is this, like, that there is, like, they are so nakedly capitalistic. Like, there is a certain comedian who's playing some of the clubs in LA. <laughs> oh, some Elliot Steele. Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, and it's so funny because you just and I sort of see like this is so fucking horrible, but it's like the bookers when they're like, "Yeah, we know he's a piece of shit," but like he uh, COVID recovery cash, and there's something about an American being like, "I like money though," and you're like. Yeah. The honesty in that is shocking, but... Yeah, it's the only honest thing about you. Um, he messaged me on Instagram on our last American tour because I follow him because I was enjoying the downfall. And he was just like, hey, buddy, how are you? I'm like, oh, no. <laughs> oh, I can't get... Oh, it's not... Like, just have to, like... Uh, I, I'm, we're, I'm, not, I'm, we're not friends. I'm good, man. <laughs> Unfollow, bye. <laughs> I gotta tell you, I... 
I have to say, that guy was just such an unnecessary jerk. Yeah. Aside from, like, just a fucking entitled ass. And when it fell, the entire city of Ha 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 ha! Yay! Yay! And it's so funny watching Elliot Steele come back because I think they thought it would be and like. Yeah, but well, it was that, but with a rape whistle. No, yeah, <laughs> but it's even like they're like, if you four wall the club, you can ha- you can come and play the club. But and it's like this weird sort of thing of like, go ahead, man. It's just so. It's, it's so also weird. he's another one, and I don't mean to shit on people uh, that are sober, but if you're a sober comedian, um, and and the reason you're sober is because you've always been sober, as opposed to having a problem with it and then becoming sober because you're dealing with a problem. If you've always been sober, I'm just like, uh, it's, like it's it's sober, but still going out for a dance yeah, after the gig. That's ex- okay, right out there. Great morning. Hang on, hang on. Kai just hit the fucking sense perfectly. If you are sober, but you like exactly like, let's hit up a club. What? No, you didn't. Like, yeah. yeah. Also, I'm 37. I think Kai, you're slightly older than me. Yeah, Daniel's 39. ludicrously younger than me. Mm-hmm. With each passing minute. I less and less want to be anywhere that isn't my home. Like, I, by the time I'm 40, I assume I will have found a Fritzl and build the bunker. I don't give a fuck. Like, I'm not leaving. Also, the bunker's not for my family or my own. I, like, it's, it's for getting, me. It's me. Yeah. I'm sell, I sell Fritzl. What, by the way, speaking of references to in stand-up that were, like, obnoxiously... Uh, fa- like when I'm over in 2012, everyone had a reference to Fritzl that was already a five-year-old reference. It yeah. was so weird. Mm. Yeah. Well, there was a, just a t- I think it was during like the Mark the Week time when Mark the Week was. Uh, I will point out the Mark the Week has only been canceled just like now. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Yes. Seven. Still the Mark the Week time. Yeah, but like seven. Yeah, but it stopped being. But it stopped Frankie's time. It, it stopped being saying, Mark. Yeah, yeah. It stopped being Mark the Week. Like seven years ago, it was a thing where if you were on Mark the Week, it, similar to Live at the Apollo, is it could make your career overnight, yeah, like, yeah, yeah. give you the boost. And it stopped being that several years ago. So the, um, there was this period of time where everyone's just been like, okay, we'll make sure that you sort of keep up to date with current events, do some political stuff because that's what so everyone was trying want. to have topical lines in their set uh, because they wanted to be on that. Yeah, and also the comedians at the time. Well, I mean, at the time, Frankie was the best in the UK, and that was you know you can always see the lower stages of comedy sort of occasionally emulating the top. Oh my God. They're like, you've, if, you've, if you've furrowed this ground towards this goal that I want to, I'm not going to tread my own path there. I'm going to go through exactly what you yeah. did. Can we do to- something really mean? Who's the comedian you notice the most ripped off? I have a list in my head, but one, the main when, one... When, Kevin, I sta- when I started, it was Stuart Lee by Miles, by a country Stuart Lee is still... And still, you still occasionally see him. And Stuart Lee, you know, see in America, which is interesting. You see people doing the like... Soft pause and like long bit. But they're doing a five. Yeah, exactly. It takes five minutes to get to the punchline. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think uh, Frankie was definitely ripped off. You see a lot of, I mean, in Scotland, you see heaps of Billy Connolly and you also see heaps of Kevin Bridges. Bridges is a really common trope. You you can see why, like, especially with Glaswegian comics, because that's how they talk, that's their voice. But they're just like, it doesn't sound like an original voice anymore. And what's interesting about Bridges is I always think where you can actually usually tell when someone, and it's usually unknowing. For example, uh, when you watch Tina Turner, you'll immediately be like, oh, I know who Mick Jagger likes. Like, you just see it right away. You're like, oh, I get it now. 
Uh, it's that thing of them not knowing it. And with Bridges, you can always tell because people use their arms the way he does. You know how he fucking has like lion, like long, lanky arms, and then he'll just like raise them up for a point. That's the one where I'm always like, you fucking like Kevin Bridges too yeah. much, mate. The other one I see a lot is Carl Donnelly in London. You'll see people, yeah, 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 good, yeah, good. yeah. and that's, that's not even usually. That's usually like. When people have gone from fives to tens, because he's just sort of around London clubs all the time, you can just see people suddenly like cocking a hip, doing a lot of like flowery hand movements and like a little bit longer of a bit, but very like hipster. It's very interesting. There was a spell around about 2010 to 2013-ish, that era, right, where everyone would lunge, and I think it was Russell Kane's fault. I think Russell oh Kane was original, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. the original lunger. And then you just see like open spot comics just doing fucking Pilates where that day. I would say set. there was a certain Avalon style of comedian in that period of time where everything was genuinely, genuinely the nicest crumpet I've ever had. Genuinely the fastest car. Mm. What is... Uh, well, I mean, I'm also. I, I, I'm oh, don't think you are not this. very much part of that with your fucking t-shirt noticing shit. Yeah, I was uh, always like, uh, there was the trope of why is my hand doing this? Like you'd do a fucking act out, and then like, I don't know why my hand's doing this. Yeah, she did. I saw you do it at the club yesterday. So she right. just. That's the hardest yeah. bit of uh, this part of the fringe is the ad libs that you did at the beginning. Um, making them look like they're still ad libs now. <laughs> I've just stopped. It's so free. Is I now just I now go. Uh, all right, here's some stuff I've noticed every day spontaneously. And what I enjoy about it is the fringe has been boiled down thanks to garbage strikes, train strikes, and the British economy economy doing a Greece 2008. Yeah, uh, is that they're all very comedy savvy. If you guys notice this, like usually at this point, it's like stag dues. And people with dogs. And instead it's like a lot of like, I'd like to see the performance of this fine comedy show. <laughs> yes. But what's the message of the show? The message of the show is, give me your money next yeah. year. Enjoy this so much that you come back next year. That's just... The message of this show is, uh, don't uh, don't get on a, a bicycle with limited handlebar strength. That's what you'll take away from my show. <laughs> you broke your shoulder. Certainly yeah. right, Kai. Could have used you then, mate. Um... We like to get back to the points that we forgot to make uh, in this <laughs> podcast. And uh, Molotov cocktail, we, we steered oh, very yeah. far away from Let's that. Let's get back to this story. Okay, so you're in. So you're I'm on. In, I'm in the car. Chris Martin uh, from Coldplay is driving. That's right. You're on Hollywood Boulevard. I'm on Hollywood Boulevard. And um, he was taking me to get some uh, trainers. I was drunk, actually. We'd done the podcast with Bert Kreischer, oh, and we yeah. drank a shit ton of whiskey on like a three-hour record. And then I was like, oh, fuck, I've got to go and play soccer. <laughs> With Chris, I hope that felt fucking. It felt awful. You know what? Chris also loves a midday. Like Chris is like an eleven-year-old at a birthday party where he just wants an activity. Like let's yeah, let's go play football at two p.m. on a Thursday. Absolutely not. (laughs) Uh, But I went absolutely yes, and uh, we're going to get my footwear for it because it turns out I don't travel with football boots, (laughs) which is fair. And uh, he's taking us to the shop, and I just look and I see a man lighting his fucking bottle. The oily rag hanging at the top of it. Yeah, baby. Right? And then just fucking launch it at, uh, at his mate. <laughs> they look like they could be mates. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be mad at that guy. He's you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, you can't. Well, unless, unless you're in like a Ukrainian movement, I don't think you can just throw a malt of cocktail at a stranger. Like that's probably. Well, that's what I was saying about it's not. It's not like a. It's not like a weapon that you would use in a fight. It's a weapon that you'd use on a building or a yeah. car or something. Um, but it, the guy just like moved out the way as if the bottle was getting thrown at him unlit, and it um, it kind of like just spread into a gulf of flames on the floor, and like. 
the, the man who it was thrown at, like, started patting it out with his foot. Like, he didn't even need to do that. He was doing admin. Like, just, <laughs> yeah. That's just very, that, that's like walking Conscientious. With, yeah, it's like, walk, it's like walking along with your friend who's eating a bag of crisps and then they just drop the bag of crisps. And you're like, oh, fucking come on, mate. I, we we don't do that. that here. Live in LA. I've lived in LA too long because the problem, I remember this story being shocking to me. And now I'm just like, well, you were on Hollywood Boulevard in the daytime. <laughs> yeah. like, what did you of, expect? Yeah, mate. Like, what did yeah. Yeah, it's the, it's their street too, and sometimes someone's being a dick, yeah, and you I... need to send a message. And words don't work. But and the and do. the price of grenades have gone up. Uh, the price of petrol, I don't know, posh cunts. Yeah, <laughs> I uh, so I live in LA, and LA has a uh, uh, homelessness problem that has a heft to it. Like it's it's gotten to the point now. The there's a there's a mayor's race, and it's literally two different people, and the only thing they're talking about is what are you going to do about the hundred thousand homeless people that are mm. just in LA. Are you going to put them in all those houses you just built? God, no. 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 You do homelessness like Edinburgh does pigeons. No, it's, exactly. But it's even so... So how it happened was Ronald Reagan, he of being a cunt, was yeah. the governor in the 60s. To balance the budget brilliantly, he canceled social services for when he'd be gone. So it only would happen... So it's, we'll fund this until the 80, until 80, and then... No shelters, no nothing, no social workers. Go fuck yourself. So that happened. And then at he conspiracy theorists like, well, this was on purpose. But at the same time, they remove all social services from L.A. Crack hits. So for 10 years, they basically just had a epidemic of extreme drug addiction that then created so much mental illness. Where are your parents? They're both on crack and I'm six. Oh, okay. And like and they've that- all got sunstroke too. That's like they're, they're, all, you're, 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 they're outside, baby. It's yeah, so they're nice. All, they're all just screaming at the air, like because also every city in America, LA is the like the end of the road of the like the so Seattle and LA have a shitload of serial killers. Or you used to have a lot of serial killers because they're the end of the road of two highways. So if you're just on the run in America, you're going to get to LA or Seattle. So cities put their homeless people on buses and just send them to LA. So in COVID, they were like. 20,000 homeless people arriving every like two months because cities were just dumping them out. Fuck you. We don't need them. Yeah. And now like LA's like, okay, cool. We have a homeless army that if someone figures out how to lead, we're all going to die. And if they mobilize, you holy fuck, like, shit. They have a city. Like, like, like Skid Row is like, all they, it takes is one Edgar friendly. Do you get that? Oh my God. From Demolition Man. Yeah. Fuck yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> How have you not seen Demolition Man? It's I, so I, high. It has. You are very, very high. Yeah, we I, watched it with uh, Jimmy McGeehan. I, I just don't remember the. Oh, the mate, name. it's it's very good. It's like if you were to tell me the lead, the, name of the lead character from Minority Report, I'd go. So Simon Phoenix is uh, I whistle when I talk now. That's who, uh, <laughs> that's who I am. I'm the old, I'm the old pervert from Family Guy. <laughs> oh, hi, Chris. <laughs> it is so crazy that that show got away with just having a pedophile on for years. Yeah. 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 So what's that old guy do? Well, he's trying to fuck the kids. <laughs> it's 8 p.m. on a Sunday. How are we getting away with this? <laughs> fuck, guys. I'm um, can we just have a Jimmy McGee talks about the Australia trip the three of you had? Like with this like lovely little glint in his eye? Because then he toured with me, and I am very, I am way more business than creamy and shithead. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, it's like he's like, we were doing Southern. How did he just get creamy and yes. creams and. All right, fine. Uh, I'm shithead and shit Cub face. hair and shit face. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Yeah. How about Golden Boy and Dick Bit Breath? Uh, yeah. Yeah. yeah, all good. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like, but it's, it's so funny of just like the different types of how we act on the road. Like, I'm a like, let's get stoned after the show, watch a movie, and go to bed. 
And I feel like you guys are in a phase of your life where like, let's smoke opium and then go to an orgy. No, no, we, the, the, the Adelaide trip was we, when we all got there, we would, it started off with the itty bitty schnitty committee, which was whenever we'd go to the venue, uh, we'd get free schnitzel. Schnitty please. So, but we couldn't have them every night because obviously we'd just be, become big fat cunts. So every Friday and Saturday, I think, was the itty bitty schnitty committee. We would go in. Um, and then we'd inevitably go out drinking after the show. And the Adelaide Festival is really great because you can stay outside yeah. in the artist gardens till like 2 a.m. and it's still hot just outdoors yeah. and, and warm and nice. And we would smoke heaps of weed with the Pax Vaporizer at the time, which felt Shots like the Jim Beam. Yeah. And then we'd get back. And, and because we were, we were like, let's go to like an old... Uh, like secondhand shop, we got a res- an old PlayStation Two, and we just bought the only game that was available was like Tiger Woods PGA Golf oh, Two Thousand Two. Yes, so good. So we'd come back and play that for hours, but because it was such an old PlayStation, the loading screens would take anywhere between five and seven minutes. So we'd play a full round, and then we'd go outside for a a, a, a cigarette, a minty, because we'd all be smoking fucking menthol cigarettes. There was a because uh, like not a casino, Why are like you a smoking menthol. Because because uh, I could only smoke menthols because I don't I don't like the taste of real cigarettes. Oh, Cheeky little minty, mate. It's so fucking embarrassing being your friend. It's like it's like discovering that Batman's been crying under that cowl for years. <laughs> Just stop committing the crimes. I miss my mummy and daddy. <laughs> Can't drink beer. Oh, I'll have a gin and tonic. Yeah. Yeah. We were having heaps of gin and tonic. Mate, you dress like a you you party like a host of loose women. <laughs> <laughs> um and and I was like Because you were keeping fit as well that, that, We were going that to the month, gym that, yeah. every day. That festival you have to because every performer is like jacked. Every, like you talk to like every woman's wearing essentially like Dental floss has just come from eight yoga classes, and you're like, I just had some carbs. I'll go kill myself. Yeah, yeah, and also like the fact that it's hot means like yeah, you're, you're not, you can't just cover it up with a hoodie or a jacket. And it was, it was only twenty, it was twenty minutes each a night, so it was the least. Oh, mate, the, I've done that fest. That yeah. fest I've never done that. I've never done so Adelaide good. single, and then part of me is like, that is a regret. I feel like I could really. Well, so that's why the ad- <laughs> Jimmy was single then. You were with uh, Natalie. I was single, and it was just it was the golden age of Tinder. Oh my god! That was the, that was, that was the first time I'd ever used Tinder. We, we couldn't I'd- believe Tinder because we were seeing it firsthand. Like me and Jimmy were watching it through through him, going, "What the fuck I is remember, this app?" He was like, "It was like he was ordering girls to the flat, like a fucking like Uber Eats." It, but no one talks about it. But Tinder was another sexual revolution. I was I was in my twenties, sans Tinder, and yeah. it was you, awkward. And would you, care to see a penis? No. Well, that makes sense. They're horrific. Like <laughs> like that was what it was. And then Tinder, and then everyone just realized like. Oh no, everyone would like to fuck. Yeah. Let's yeah. fuck. And you had, because well, my first, I remember my first Tinder date was in Adelaide and like we've just been messing with this girl for like two or three days, making sure we like each other and there's chat there. And she was like, yeah, I'll meet you in town for a drink. And we met at the Adelaide Gardens. We had like two or three drinks. And like this was at the stage of my life where I was just, you know, you never wanted to just be like, okay, w- w- should we go fuck now? I was just like, should we go for another drink? Do you want to get something to eat? Uh, should we have another date in like two days so that, you know, that mm. we can do it? And she was like, no, we should just go back to yours and fuck. And I was like, Aye. cut this yeah, out. Edit that out. Aye, okay. Nothing could be more wrong. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Like, I thought that was a bit, and then you're fa- okay. But keep this part in for those you those of you you don't know this, but a bit just took place. There was a misunderstanding, and it was the most glorious because it was two people. One person knew the mistake, and the other person didn't. Yeah, but entered it with such. Confident. Yeah. No. That was you got two you, two stories mixed up seven years apart. Oh really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Never mind. After the podcast, I would like to hear the other story. Yes, um, but, but but my thing with her, so after so she was like, Do you want to go back? Uh, to, we should just go back to yours and fuck. And I was like, Oh my god, and we did. And it was great. And then I remember the next morning me being like to her, Can I have your number? And she just went, Why? Yeah. And I was like, so, so we could see each other again. She's like, no, thank you. Like maybe, you know, I might call you in like two or three weeks, but I'll just get you on Tinder. Let's not, let's not <laughs> yeah. pretend this is anything more than it is. And it was just like, yeah. mind boggled. It's the best. Yeah, so, it, so very it's good. A very, but again, it's the best, but you have to remember, and so many comedians forget this. You do it a bit. It's a fun thing to live so you can go yeah I, I had that period of time so when people are like we're gonna go out and get fucking nuts you can be like been there I'm Done. now gonna go home and get book you yeah. know what I mean and I do love though seeing people like this I'm, this has been recording during Embra and I've seen some people that are still clinging and it is yeah. it's beautiful oh, uh, clinging on like just wanting to be that like you know like just like that kind of guy and it's just like yeah it's just not doesn't work it doesn't look the same on you that you used to did it well mm. yeah like I, I don't know if the it, the generation or the the fringe of like people going out to you know just it's not just doing the shows it's going out partying it's doing heaps of coke it's shagging around because it's the fringe it doesn't get Again, I, don't know, I don't know if that stopped existing did. that's only what you guys ever did was it just I, us I did no drug I did that's not I did a lot of drugs I did no Powders at this festival. And really, just, you, I've like, had one line this entire festival. That is, uh, mate. There and are it, dealers it, in this town that are their fucking their quarter is affected. If you're taking this month <laughs> off, I don't want to be rude about certain beha- speak out of school, but let's just say. Oh, we can. One way to describe how you guys used to behave is you were building up some pools in Colombia. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, don't, we 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 had we had a, a friend of ours who deals drugs who came up literally to be like, right, I know thanks to you two, I can probably easily make five to six grand this month. Just point me in the right direction, uh, and uh, and we did, and we ruined. So many people's festivals because they, not they, just the festivals, the families. Uh, <laughs> yeah. They they couldn't do what we did, which is stay up to seven a.m., wake uh, up, fucking eat eat a sandwich, and then do a line before you go on stage and still get away with it. There were people that people that tried uh, to bang and they exploded. Yeah, uh, I also don't understand why people tried. Here's what I did. I don't want to do. It. I'll talk to them. That that's fun. Yeah, yeah. Time for bed. What the fuck? I don't. Oh, no, it's a great time. Seven in the morning the other way. Oh, no, it's not. It's the, awful. That. Every every time. You have that weird film on your skin. You know what I'm talking about? That, like, <laughs> stick, you feel sticky, but you're not. Uh, like, just that good. moment when you're, like, going around the house just looking at an empty cigarette packet. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly. Where you just, because you're in your stupid fucking head, you're like... One more cigarette, we'll get the chat going, we'll rev this back up, we're getting uh, it back yeah. going again. You find a couple of buds and just start like putting it into the skin. Getting a toothbrush and going through your grinder to uh, just get the THC uh, bits, the crystals out, being like, 
and then going through your drawer, like the old drawer I had, which we kept all the fucking weed stuff tobacco in, but also stupidly kept our incense in. So when you ran out of weed, you were just scraping the bottle to get enough for a little fucking joint. And you're like, this feels like just smoking a candle at this Jakey. point. Just uh, Jakey. Funny. Move. I, um, Speaking of Jakey's. Who's Jakey? Jakey. Jakey's. Do you know what Jakey means? No. I guess it's uh, it's it's the like Glaswegian or Scottish term for like a junkie. junkie and Ned, just like a fucking oh, shit, like like a, a like it's a, it's a step it's a step fucking closer to the street from uh, Chav or Ned. Aye. Interesting. Uh, and did you take Jakey's I to late live last night? I love that little country. Like you met that Jack. I don't know his second name. I wish I did. Um, he looks a bit like my man of the house photo, you know, with the glasses, uh-huh. ginger lad, but he's got a full mullet. And he's, is he a comedian? Ah, he's pretty funny now. I right. saw him on a Where, red... Where's he from? So I saw him on a Red Raw. He's from Glasgow. Oh. And uh, I went and... Uh, so I'd seen him at Red Raw and he smashed it. And um, I mean, I haven't seen him at another gig, so he might have got lucky, but he seemed like he was funny. I like this shit, right? And uh, he's just this little fucking weasel of a lad. I didn't think he'd mind us saying that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, now we'll find out. <laughs> right? And uh, I went into the... Globe on Nidri Street to watch yes. the Newcastle match. I was meeting Mark Nelson there, and he was just there shouting at the telly, supporting whoever was playing Rangers. <laughs> 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 so, uh, so I ended up having a pint with him and his pal. And uh, Cullen turned up, and he was like, oh, I've got a couple of gigs. I'm going to Late and Live. And I just, these young open spots, I was like, hey, you've been to Late and Live before? They were like, nah, this is the other side of the curtain for them. They're just open mic as they haven't fucking conceived of going to Leighton yeah, Live yeah. and I was like fuck it let's take us to Leighton Live take us to Loughborough and that so to do that we went to Cullen's other gig and uh, watched him do comedy for hot people oh yeah he must have thought he was somebody else <laughs> in the <group> room. <laughs> and then we went uh, is, is that a strict gig like is there a bounce no the, the audience is hot the, uh, the acts are there to make the audience look attractive. But that's what I mean. Like, is, is the doorman strict? Uh, is well, like... me, and, me and Jack got in. So no. <laughs> <laughs> me and Lad have just described as a weasel with a mullet. <laughs> you could have just said weasel. We he's assumed a, mullet. Uh, he's, a, he's a funny little fucker, man. He had me in bits all night. And um, we're going uh, backstage at Late and Live. And, um, and I'm just joking on, going, if anybody doesn't turn up, Jack will get up and all that, right? And he's just like, he's rising at the occasion, he's acting the big man. But the, the the room was quite crowded, and a lot of people, like, I didn't know some of the people back there. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, shall we go get a beer? And Katie was just like, just grab a beer out of the box, right? So we'll grab a beer out of the box. And then when it, Jack was getting a bit loud, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to ditch these in Loft Bar. I'll come back and watch Cullen, and then we'll go, yeah. right? And I got, I'm in Loft Bar having a smoke with him, and uh, Katie comes running out, going, have you stole all the beers to these lads? And, uh, and they went, nah. And I fucking patted them down, right? <laughs> I patted them down. I went in the bag and I fucking had the bags empty and all that. And they, it didn't look like they'd stole the beers. But I come back and everyone was all like, fucking them little cunts nicked the beers. <laughs> I'm getting real proud. When I was like, I brought the fucking you home. Mike, I already fucking robbed the joint. <laughs> That's so fucking yeah, funny. Where, where did they, had, had they stolen the beers? Colin reckons he saw them putting them up their jackets, but fuck, I patted them doing, man. Like, I, you know what? The fucking those loads of people backstage, MPS didn't go for. Yes. And I got to Katie. I was like, fucking, you know what? Like, I'll, uh, I'll go into the supermarket and I'll buy some more beers if you want. She was like, oh, no, it's all right. We'll get them for now anyway. After the oh, right. And Speaking she's, sta- she's still a dude. 
Cullen had a proper huff with us. He wouldn't get a taxi back with us because the lad nicked the BS. And I'm in the taxi back on my own, and he's going in a group chat now, going, You've look at the fucking dickhead. You're so disrespectful bringing them little cunts back at late in life. And I was like, Scratching my head. I was like, Wait a minute, was that not your first late in life? I've been down there for fucking nearly two decades. You couldn't. Yeah. Late in life's had way harder things happen than a Trav nick a beer. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> uh, so I. I Got booed off, well, booed off slash walked off of Late in Live this year. I don't know if you guys heard this story. No. But it's basically... Late in Live was your gig for a bit as well. It was. It was for, for five or six years. It was funny. It was it felt like a close of the circle. And, like, Katie... Uh, Katie wasn't there, but uh, Dean was. And everyone was like, are you all right? And I was like, yeah, it's fine. I just played it wrong. I don't... Like, it was one of the... Are you okay? And I was like, mate, I've, I've bombed before. I got... Yeah. I got I know about me. I know I can do well at this gig. I did it for five years. I'm fine. But what it was was... Three roided up dicks. So you know that steroids ever play are the number one drug in the world right now. Really, it is more popular than heroin. It's more popular than anything. Everyone's no. on steroids, and this is a real fucking factor for our jobs. And I have seen, I have seen the iceberg that will claim all of our Titanics. And it was just three fucking roided up fucking Scottish guys that were fucking dicks. Tried to fight a guy in the audience. I went fuck off. And then they were just, one of them kept yelling next, but I wasn't bombing, so it was just awkward and weird. I shouldn't have... I called for security and just told me to get the fuck out because fuck you, you fucking bully dicks. I know what you're going to do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there was a either... I, this, I don't know what happened, but it just took them forever and that no one came and just got them. They just started negotiating with them. I can't move on. Then the audience is starting to turn on me because it's looking like can't get them out. So I was like, what the fuck? I just said something trying to like just pivot away to keep going. And three drunk women started yelling and I just went... I've done this enough. I'm not fucking yeah. winning you back. See you later. Bye. Yeah. And, and also, I don't want any of you cunts in my, my next show. show. Like, it, this is, I, I do this because it's fun. I know that it's not fun. Fuck you. And it was very interesting, but I was like, what? Why? Like, I still don't, I don't know. And I think it was just confusion over, it was like that thing of like, just fucking get the dicks out. But it's again, it's been three years. People have sort of forgotten tricks and tips it's a different gig it's earlier i don't think they were prepared for but it was just a weird old situation but also like great being like i've had every experience at late in life but the one for me was like they were like you're right it's like mate like exactly you think i'm like i've been yeah, doing this for 10 years I, the, I got it i like it's a bit of a change of the guard isn't it like yeah, i think like i dig it man uh, i'm it, fucking it's uh, some people don't know what late in life should be like and it should be death and it should be fucking bear pits and it should be like fucking chaos happening I, and and it should be fucking little rajis coming back and stealing beers and it should be walking on stage while your mates on and grabbing another mic like sean walsh and carl donnelly did and fucking laying into each other kitson and reg d hunter mm. did it should be that you know when people fucking sat on the hands and he stole a beer like, <laughs> I totally agree with you in one sense, but I also think that you have to let the new guard it's very decide wide. how it's going to be. Exactly. It's not like we had our time with that yeah. gig. You know what I mean? We have the memories of bullying Elliot Steele, making yeah. fun of uh, Elliot Steele, ditching Elliot Because that was another thing with Coley. was like, I was about to do my gig and you wouldn't have done that any other lads. And I was like, me, him and Cody went in especially to fuck Elliot Steele's head that up. Is it interesting dynamic on. that you have with sort of that crew is that there's always sort of a like the feeling that something's a prank where it's like I that just seems like it's coincidence or something like that like I don't think oh none of it was aimed at Colin I was no, just, I was trying to get a taxi back with him and I was like well to do that I have to stay out later than I was gonna I'm gonna come to late and live I've been watching the football with this young'un who I've, I'm really fond of and I fucking want to do well yeah there was neither none of it was just like I'm gonna drop this fucking loose unit in with him backstage that wasn't what I was I, but I mean it is your like were you on a late and live that night? Yeah. Nah. Well, then you can't bring cunts backstage. But I mean, I could have went, put us on in the wood. Aye, but... Uh, it's, <laughs> I mean, but that's... 
But you still, be, uh, I mean, I, I hate to say the colored, but I would have been fucking. If you, if we were backstage at a gig and you nah. brought two fucking Jakey's nah, back, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say right now. It's, it's, I, I'm, I'm gonna, gonna say right now. But there's a huge difference between your gig, yeah, and late, like late nah. live is a vibe. I can go into late and live and have a pint with my mates and introduce new comics to it. I, can, nah, I feel I, like I've I, got I, that. I, got, I have to agree with. Kai right, but, on it's, that. but it's your responsibility on their behavior. But technically, some straight out as soon as he got loud. And he also fucking frisked them. Frisked the cunts. And it's like it's also not like. Kai's night like Kai's the nicest man in the world, but I've I've seen him fight his brother without headgear. There's a side to this man. You know uh, what I'm saying? That I guarantee came out when he went when Kate Askins Kate well, I shouldn't say her last name, but uh, okay. Kate came up and was like these fucking guys, I guarantee he spun them around and fucking frisked them. Aye. Aye. And uh, also, like, I, I felt like I was doing a nice thing for them lads because they were open makers and it was like a fucking make a wish for them. Mm. They're uh, on the inside I, track, they're in an artist bar. I, and I, and I, I, I'd had a lovely night with them and I was like, you know what, come see this side of the festival. I see your point and, like, you're both not wrong. It's That's one of so those things man. where. It's both in ter- it's both how you're sort of looking at it. In your head, you're going, it's a gig, don't bring a fucking X Factors back. To Kai's point, and I sort of agree, which is, it's late and live, it's a vibe, it's a hang, these are the type of people that will eventually do this gig, let's get them introduced to the right people, give them a leg up, you know what I'm saying? And yeah, like, do you keep an eye on him? Maybe, but it's also that thing of, he was assuming that a guy with a mullet who looked like a rat wasn't going to steal a bunch of stuff. And I'm also going to go ahead and say, I don't think them lads stole the I don't think them lads stole the beer and what a fucking mountain out of a molehill if everyone just had a beer in the run out. And also, Colin wasn't drinking, so what you know what? He had yours, mate. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do want to point out though that uh, Kai, you do usually side with people from a criminal background because there's two twins that live in your hometown that steal people's front doors. Oh yeah, I wanna hear I wanna hear you tell this because I've told this story so many times. Not on the podcast, I don't think actually okay. I think this is new to the so podcast. So I am from Canada. Uh-huh. What part? Ottawa, Ontario. I'm from the capital of Canada. I'm from a bureaucratic, boring town. I get invited by my friend Kyford Humphreys up to his hometown gigs of Punch Drunk. Uh-huh. I stay up um, all night the night before drinking in a baseball diamond with Paul Meyerhog. Yeah. I then uh, go home, shower, have a cup of coffee, get on the train. Uh, I remember feeling like bad, and then when I got to Blythe, the first thing we did was drive to a Weatherspoons for a pint. And I was like, I think we're going to be okay, actually. <laughs> we took out a little too early Blythe, didn't we? We, we did. We did. We went for a around. We did for a wander around as we got out because we went to like one place for lunch, and then we went to Blythe, and you're like, I'll show you the sizes, and we went to get a coffee at that like cinema-looking pub thing that we. Yeah, also that is to. a Weatherspoons. That is a Weatherspoons. Yeah. We went to. T- I remember there was a two Weatherspoons day. A true classic. Um, <laughs> and as we were walking to Weatherspoons the second from the car park, you pointed down a street. Oh, you know what? I had given you already. I had given you a backstory. And as we walked into Blythe, right, I, I tell them, I, um, there was these lads called the Cro- Cochrane Twins. That was their second name, Cochrane. And they were actually rumoured to be triplets, but one of them's really sound and he moved to Spain and made a new life for himself. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I've forgotten this excellent detail, yes. So the, the remaining two, right? They used to be adults when I was a teen, right? And they would stand on either end of the two ways into Blythe and uh, say to you, like, give us a quid. Give us oh, a- like the old fucking, like, back in the old days when mercenaries would just stand in front of bridges being like, there's a bridge tax. And like, do you work with the king? Aye. There's a bridge tax. Aye. Do you work with the king? For the last time. There's a bridge tax. <laughs> That's exactly who they were. Modern day bursary. Bursary. The mercenaries were getting a bursary. Yes. yes. Uh, but the the whole move was like 
if you don't give us a quid, I'm going to take everything you've got. Aye. Right? So it was just this fucking wank attack that you had to pay on the way into town. And uh, and I was telling him about these lads that I grew up that used to fucking just rob youngins. And um, we got talking to Tony Cunningham, who was the gym owner. Yeah. Millennium, who yeah. we ran the boxing with. And he just went, oh, look, if you look down there, there's one of the Cochrane twins, as if he was, like, fucking Atten Brown or so far. It was in the fucking <laughs> car park, because we literally approached him, and like, yeah, yeah, he runs a boxing gym. And then, he, and then he pointed, and it wasn't, oh, he went, oh, there's one of the, and he had a fucking front door. He was carrying a door. <laughs> and he then was, you or him explained, oh, that's their new scam. They steal people's <laughs> front doors, and then you have to go get it back. <laughs> it was him that explained because that was new to me as well. That so was, was the most. I was, I, I was still like, <laughs> but I, would, I just remember saying to both of you, "Why don't you call the cops?" And the uh, the look was like, the co- "What the fuck? No, yeah, we're, we're not snitching." <laughs> yeah, man. Like you see, just go buy your door back. That's the I, other. Yeah. I like I like the idea of you just walked out an alleyway where they're clearly doing whatever drugs they do, and they've just got the door standing there, and you're like, "Can I get my door back?" And they're like. Knock, please. Yeah. <laughs> Who's that talking through the uh, wall? They're, they're, like, they're like posters in HMV. Wait, which door's yours? <laughs> what was even more insane was then recounting that story on stage, half hungover, and I got the name wrong. I called them the Cockerel Twins, not the Cockerel. Yeah, that had everyone howling. Mate, everyone the knew who they were. I could have been the mayor of Blythe at that point. I got a, <laughs> It's the only time I've ever gotten a encore, like standing over because mid set. I just remember someone going, <laughs> "The Cockerel Twins." <laughs> <laughs> and and then at the boxing, people who had been at that gig wanted to know if I was going to talk about the Cochrane twins in the ring. Yeah. Like one guy came up to me afterwards when I was smoking in my boxing gear and he went, oh, I thought you were going to, you're going to mention the, the Cochrane twins. And I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, well, well, after I gave Chris Martin a left hook, you think I was going to be like those bloody cockerels I still this morning? Kai Humphreys, I don't know what I did to deserve your friendship because of the <laughs> boxing, everyone else was evenly matched. And then it was bully V victim. In the- <laughs> Well, because you've, you've got dyspraxia, is that it? I have dyspraxia, and I now also only have one good arm. Like, doing it now would have been fucking... I think Chris would have cleaned my clock, because old lefty ain't what it used to be. Yeah. But yeah, basically, I just mugged Chris Martin, and Tony scared the shit out of him, because I didn't. we didn't train. We literally thought it was going to be a joke. He was going to give me the rock bottom. And yeah. then Phil Nickel and Tom Houghton went in, and that crowd went like, Yeah! Blood. We have to fight. Uh And I took Tony aside and was like, I didn't train. Teach me how to box. And he went, he went, he went like this and he went, he went in his body as hard as you can and put him in the corner or I'll put you in the corner. And I went, okay, Tony, I'll do that. (laughs) (laughs) But he didn't tell me how to knock him out or anything. So I would just get him on the ground and then let him stand up. No, hit him again. I was like, all right. And then we we went no faces because he was auditioning for Louisa Amaland's sketch show the next day. (laughs) And then Chris hit me in the face. And so I saw red and hit him in the face. Oh. What was the most wild... Where, why weren't you there? That was the weirdest thing. Do you know about him sponsoring the event? No. Oh, so I, I, we're selling sponsor space for local businesses because we're like, it's going to get seen by a bunch of people on the videos and all yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, like, so you could, like, the ringside, you could have a banner up and everything. And uh, he just fucking bought the sponsor space to put pictures of him kissing Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> and there's pictures of him snogging me wife. <laughs> I just, <laughs> on the venue. As, as in bed together, her wearing a Chelsea shirt. Um, uh, I think... Yeah. It's lost 69 on the back. Yeah. Wait, Team Smoker is the is the business logo. Why do you like Chelsea? 
because uh, I was born in, uh, well, because I want to support a, a team that was in the Premier League because I got bored of watching East Fife and Hebs, you know. It is boring. Um, <laughs> yeah, it is You boring. just, when you're watching, like, and, well, no, I, I love going to Scottish football games, but also, as, as much as I love it, I do also like watching the best. So I was basically sick of watching Scotland, uh, East Fife and Hebs just get fucking battered just all the time. Just not having a winning team. Aye. So I was like, I'll Google where I was born and I'll find what the closest team to that is. So I, so I Googled Kingston upon Thames and it said Fulham and I went, no. And then the next part of this. Wait a minute. That would have suited you a lot better actually because it's quite posh. Yeah, Kid mm. Scotland yeah. was born in Kingston upon Pond, fucking yeah. England. Uh, yeah. oh, and you know what's you funny? He keeps using the thing like, oh, he's like, oh, if a pig's born in a stable, it doesn't mean it's a horse or whatever. Right? If, a king's kid, if a pig's born in a sty, uh, if a horse is born in a sty, it doesn't, doesn't make, make it a pig. pig. Right, so he kept using that one and then realised. Yeah, but but then what realized, country was the sty in? That's no, what but, it makes but then he realised that's what like pro- a BNP people say about immigrants. Yeah. <laughs> and he was using that for himself. <laughs> <laughs> I was using it in the positive way, but I was like, well, I can't use that catchphrase anymore. Like, uh, I remember I, I kept using this fucking mantra from a Kurt Vonnegut uh, Slaughterhouse 5. Oh, here we was, go. And it was, um, fuck, it's been so long since I've whistled my asses, I tell you. Uh, it's been so long since I've said it. It's grant me the power to accept the things I can't change, to change the things I can, and the wisdom always to differentiate between the two. Mm-hmm. It's such a fucking good way to look at life. And uh, I find it, that's like the fucking, it's from the Bible, but it's used in AA. In alcoholics yeah, and yeah, yeah, So like every time I've just like passed that on and imparted knowledge, I've just outed myself as an alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> Stolen beers, up your jack. Yeah. yeah. Being like, I can't believe they I can't believe they think it was the fucking uh, weasels. Cross <laughs> the blame the Ned. Uh, <laughs> Not the recovered one. <laughs> uh, speaking of uh Hearts Midlothian, uh, you guys know I did do a corporate event for that team and bombed. Violently, yeah. I mean, you could the the only person I've ever heard of doing well at a football corporate is Kevin Bridges, and that's because he was a, he's a Celtic fan, has been in his entire life, and did the corporate for Celtic, uh, and obviously from a home game, yeah, as well. yeah, yeah. Like yeah. you could ask, yeah. If it was the Ottawa Senators, the hockey team that I've grown up knowing about, I would have been fucking fine because yeah. I, I would have done fifteen minutes on Alexi Yashin and then moved on from there. Uh, Instead, the coach, the manager, announced he was leaving. And they brought me on, and the person had told me make fun of the manager, yeah, not knowing that he was going to quit at the event. Yeah, so I walked up and called him like Harry Potter, and then everyone started booing, <laughs> and then I just had to do twenty minutes, and then uh, at the end, the organizer was like, um, "We thought it would go better than that." And it, like every time I've ever done a corporate, I've had to do this, which is grab the check out of the person's hand, and I went, "Yep, yeah, I thought it would go better too," and then I just <laughs> took that check for. Two thousand pounds, and I immediately cashed it, and then r- r- prayed I would get back on the track. I had this fantasy that they would just send like hooligans to my hotel, and like give the money back. Okay, was it? I did the corporate for Celtic after Kevin Bridges talked me into doing it after Michael McIntyre's comedy roadshow, and they decided to have Chris Sutton, who was the reason why there was. It was like a just a testimonial for him. Just thought, hey, tell it, tell us about your time. Uh, 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 Celtic and we love you so much so that was like the headline event the reason all 500 people were there and then Chris Sutton decides that he doesn't want to stay till 11 so he'll go on before 
the comedian. Oh, so no. they do the full 45 minute where everyone gets to ask him questions. He tells football stories oh. and then he fucks off. And then they go, and now for a 19-year-old comedian. And I walk on in my first... So to be fair, I, the reason I, I didn't bomb because nobody listened to the material. So people just got up, milled around for about eight minutes. I just did my comedy. And the only five people that were listening was my mum, uh, my girlfriend at the time, my auntie, and Henrik Larsson and his wife. Henrik Larsson's like the greatest Celtic player that ever lived. Uh, true yeah. legend. But, and the reason I... Swedish will, guy. I'll respect this man forever... He sat in the front row and people kept coming up and being like to him, like, hey, can I get a photo? And he would just keep, keep going, no, I'm watching the comedy. And he would just sit there. Didn't laugh. <laughs> I mean, his name's, but he, his he name's Heinrich. He's not going to laugh. Yeah. <laughs> but he respected you. Yeah, he was just, he was the only person of the 500 room of grown adults who went, right, we fucked this up in every possible uh, way. I'm going to try and make this as easy as we can for the kids. And same thing, cash the check immediately and went, I think I'm done with oh, just do Just do that thing where if a gig goes bad, you use the money to buy yourself something nice. It doesn't go on bills. Just play that rule. Yeah. Because Elliot Steele's got so many nice things now. <laughs> <laughs> so I have a re this is a really fucking middle class rule but I in I this used to be a soft rule it's now a hard rule is I don't do anything for money like that can't be the only reason like if it's like you do this gig for this cash but it's going to mean that you cannot have to go on the road for two months take the fuck it has to be something like that because I've been burned so many times and it really does work because every time I'm like, that is just a lot of money. I have no other reason to take it but to just get that money. It is a fucking disaster. And it ends up always costing me the amount of money. Like something will happen. And like I don't believe in God and all that sort of stuff. But it's just it always fucking works out that way. And so it's just, yeah, life philosophy. And it, sometimes I have lost money and then it just return comes right back. Like I flew to L.A. for a corporate, lost money on that. But then the, my manager slipped to the booker that I had done that. So it, before I even got on stage, he offered me more work for September, making September clear. So I'm going to Hawaii in two weeks. Fuck Ooh, having no credit card yeah. debt. <laughs> um, but that's the sort of thing I always think when it comes to that sort of stuff is you just have to go, what is the actual fucking... What am I getting out of this? Exactly. going to be a nice yeah, thing it, that it, I didn't have previously? Exactly. And it nice needs experience. to be like a freedom or something like yeah. that. It can't uh, be just... A trip to Hawaii. That's right. Oh, guys, I'm just... Have you been to Hawaii before? Never. Oh, it's so unbelievably good. It's, it's as uh, picturesque and as beautiful as you would fully expect uh, it to we be. Don't, uh, there's a good day trip you can do where you go ziplining through the valleys and it's the valleys where they shoot all the films like fucking King, King Kong, Jurassic Park. I want you to look me or, in the face. Huh? I have done nothing. We're working on an Edinburgh show for two months. I'm going to sit by a beach and I'm going to do this. Pineapple juice. <laughs> Mango juice. And once the hotel staff tells me to stop clapping, uh, I, will then, I, will. I, then, I then will go to the bar and order a pineapple juice. <laughs> Fine, I'll get it myself. Yeah. Double vodka, please. Yeah, yeah. Guinness. Yeah, I'm just drinking the worst beach. What's the worst? Okay, I don't know when this is supposed to end. What's the worst beach drink you can... Guinness. Hot chocolate. Oh, hot. No, okay, but let's go. Oh, hot chocolate. Black, co black coffee. Black coffee. Black <laughs> coffee. I reckon like a Bell's whiskey. Oh, a Bell's oh, whiskey? Oh, God, yeah, yeah, you're absolutely... Give me a double Bell's... No, no ice, meat. no water. <laughs> in a plastic cup with sand yeah, in it? Go fuck yourself. Yeah. Can I get a warm Sambuca? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Can I get... Oh, that, you know what? I've drank Sambuca on the beach. That's yeah. yeah, but... Yeah, hey, but that's, that's a, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
Mate, you also got naked uh, like with Carl Donnelly and uh, spoke to Jimmy. You, Jimmy McGee, and Carl Donnelly oh, got naked we, one time. Uh, yeah, we were singing uh, Bon Jovi songs off the balcony <laughs> yeah. to, to people who were walking to work. Commuters. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm saying is that what you do and what others do are not always in alignment. You know what I'm uh, saying? Yeah, absolutely. Um, oh, the Bell's whiskey on a beach is really bothering me. Yeah. <laughs> you can't do it Portobello. Yeah. <laughs> Minestrone soup. Oh, yeah. Oh, that was my first my first drink of my stag, dude, because they controlled everything on my stag. Like, I wasn't allowed to choose what I wore, how I did my hair, what Mate, I did. Mate, I was well aware. What I, I, what I, ate. I, I refused to give up my Edinburgh previews, or I would have been there in mega fucking cocaine loof. Yes. <laughs> playing cymbals over Jimmy McGee's head while he's passed out on a plastic table. The funniest, because I was getting... Carl was like leaking information. Like I was, he was like, "You guys were the resistance in Europe against Nazi Germany," and I was coordinating with Churchill. So I was just getting all of just. Do you understand how insane that stag do sounds in drips and drap? Kai's <laughs> naked, real. standing over Elliot Steele. Jimmy's dead. Uh, <laughs> Jimmy, Jimmy, we were playing fucking cards or something at the table around the pool, and fucking, you just saw Jimmy McGee just like fucking fly off the awning and just mash onto the floor like in a fucking crumpled heap. We'd been playing hide and seek and Jimmy had hidden up there but he'd hidden on the roof beside a wasp's nest <laughs> and the fucking wasps swarmed around him and the only way to get rid of them was to run and jump off the roof uh, but like the people that weren't playing hide and seek were just like fucking fucking Jimmy <laughs> there's a video that I me and Cara were just uh, shagging at the time and I was doing the same thing she was like how is it and I was like here's what's going on she still has a video and this is on like day three when we're all so drug damaged and hung over and like dehydrated because of the sun and we didn't have any beers left, we didn't have any ciders left what we did, we just had an amalgamation of different fruit juices and spirits so in like the biggest soup tub I could find, we just poured it George's all in George's Marvellous Medicine poured, oh, the remainder of the, no. poured the remainder of the ice in and there's a video of me pretending to be David Attenborough just being like there's a there's a nest of little birdies up here and Conservationist I, walk up to, I, I walk up to the pool and with a ladle just ladle it into the mouths of him <laughs> like Matty Gareth and they're all like and I'm just pouring this vial because it's so hot and it tastes like shit but they're like it's cold liquid um, yeah I mean we can't ever do anything uh, like that again my, huh. <laughs> oh my, <God. laughs> um, my, um, my first drink of that uh, that stag do on the flight was uh, soup and whiskey <laughs> Tomato soup. So wait, because separate cups. No, it wasn't. Oh no, it wasn't. You poured the whiskey in the soup. Yeah, they because they came like you got. Oh, we called it. We called it. We called it. It wasn't. It wasn't a bloody Mary. It was a murdered Mary. (laughs) It was like I also recall. Didn't they kidnap? Like you were booked for a gig, and then they just showed up and took you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah. So the 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 whole gig booking was a um, was a, a like a fraud. It was like the guy, Jules from Last Laugh. Yeah. He booked us for the weekend after my stag. So I come back off my stag. Did we talk about this last That's week? That's the second one. Yeah, on the last podcast. Don't so think so. Uh, so I, yeah, it was like the... So you've already had a stag do in your head. So my stag do's finished. Man, I've been like eating my greens. I think I tried to go out for a run and failed. I like ended up getting the fucking uh, train through to Sheffield. Ended up with that fucking murder flat, you know the one in yeah, Sheffield, yeah, yeah. In the fucking Rotherham, and uh, and then I got the got the bus through to fucking the gig, um, to meet Jules for a pint before the gig, and then them two come in and fucking did he hold a banana up with us, get in the car, 
Og han sagde, I've got gigs this week. And what the fuck is staying here? And you, Jules went, yeah, I've got gigs. He booked us <laughs> on Ever Hoff yeah. to make oh, me think that I was back in the real world. Fuck. So I thought I was back in the real world. And I'd, you, I'd slept in my own bed for a couple of nights. I'd, dry, I'd get myself to Sheffield for this gig. He's like, cunts, kidnapped like I've got two weeks to emotionally look. recover. No, you don't, because this one's the Geordie trip. <laughs> so they changed personnel. So all the comics and that, and a couple of me Geordies were yeah. there as well, uh, were away. But what, what was really clever is the Geordie lads who weren't at the original stag do, every one of them had rangers just going, mate, I can either be at your stag do or at your wedding. I kind of gone overseas twice. There's no way I can get mm. the pass from work. The missus, like, whatever, right? They just, like, pick so one. Smart. And on every one of them, I was like, well, obviously me wedding. I needed to be at me wedding. Didn't worry about that. And then uh, it turned out there was another stag do that they were all just pying us for. And then when the fucking all turned up, they were fresh as fuck. Oh, oh yeah. We made up. We and made I outdrank all of them. We, we made up going <laughs> out. Kai, you're a fucking monster. I got new, like, it's, it's one of those things where it's the, I love the life that I've built for myself because I think that to be a true, well-rounded adult, you need to have a man for everything. You know, like, you know, the CC in movies, like, I got a guy for that, where it's, it's like, uh, this guy just challenged someone to a Jägermeister drinking contest. Is anyone who's like, I have a challenger I shall be backing. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to go book a flight from Glasgow. <laughs> Welcome, my champion. Yeah. <laughs> Why is he drinking on the way to the drinking contest? Well, he just was on a flight. What are yeah. you, a cunt? Like, yeah. <laughs> he says it's a warm-up. Yeah. Yeah. And he's sweating, so I think he's fucking warm. <laughs> yeah. uh, that, was, that was a really funny moment on a... On on the second stag do where one of, one of my mates Scotty D um, he, he challenged Matty to a fucking shot competition of vodka right which Matty? Matty Canning the pincer Matty the pincer I'm sure I've met him I need you're like Jordy friends I need them in a room and then I can like I can place yeah, them because yeah. I'm like oh that's the short one that's the one who talks to me about threesomes with a bit too much familiarity that's the other guy that like uh, definitely knows me and I've never met him before but I just the, assume I forget him that's the squatty him. with PTSD that might go off at any minute oh that guy I fucking love that guy we love him He's that crazy. guy I will have the reason I have a green card is that guy because I was in his fucking house doing punch drunk he was smoking bats the size of this fucking table yeah sopper joints we call them glow sticks oh he yeah. fucking rules so I needed my full medical report by the following Monday I had never gone to a doctor in the NHS and he literally like out of the fucking mist in that garage is like what do you need he's like a medical report he's like here's what you do because he's been in the system he goes call your local GP you'll be registered because of your address get them to print out something saying no examination needed they all they need is a form for the slot it's like he literally like laid it all out but it would be like if a dog explained to you algebra you're like how the fuck because uh, all I've been co- told he's complex man so all like, I've been told by Kai is like you listen he's he's done some stuff yeah he's seen some, <laughs> things. some things yeah and then I was just like mate you fuck it like and it like it was like looking like going to be like an additional six months ordeal, 20 minutes, yeah. fixed the entire thing. It was like, I couldn't believe it. Oh, that guy, I would fucking, yeah. I'll give that guy a hundred quid. Yeah. Uh, so, so I'm just going to say, so, so, but, uh, no, it wasn't so, it was Matty and Scotty D. I don't think you've met Scotty D, right? But he just went, Matty, me and you now. Up <laughs> boom, boom, like that. And fucking Matty knocks it back and Scotty's got another, right? And they must have done about fucking six or seven. Yeah. And then I just went, Scotty, what are you doing? He's on cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and Scotty passed out on his feet. Later yeah. on at the party, he's just stood at the table like this, and he's on his feet, and he's wobbling, and his head touched the desk at one point, and Matty's just recording him. <laughs> <laughs> 
Uh, oh, I love that I am friends with all of you, and I love that I did not go on that. I like. I just want. I want to hear about the fun stories, and then I want to be like, you know what's nice? I'm not currently on speed with a guy named like Gypsy Bill. You know what I mean? Uh, he's a good guy. Uh, Gypsy Bill's nice, man. Yeah. <laughs> Where could people uh, follow you and what do you have coming up? You could head to uh, my uh, social medias at the John Hastings. My Edinburgh show, as of this recording, has been filmed and is being edited and will be put on YouTube because that's what happens Fuck, with yes. stand-up comedy now. It's very good. Come and see it. Not it, a cunt. It is very, very good. Um uh, yeah, just do that. I have albums on Spotify and all those places. Go and download them. Those really, really help comedians, by the way. If you're ever wondering how you support comedians, go and listen to their albums on those things. We make no money from them, but it helps with the algorithm. So uh, do that. It's all on Spotify. John Hastings, not a dick. Go ahead and support these guys. They're good comedians, too. Suck my butt. All right.